All right, day 232. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. Now remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right, Micah chapter five. Yesterday, we ended off with hope. Mm-hmm. And Micah chapter five uh, picks that hope right back up, right? But it mm-hmm. gives us this little snapshot of where this hope's going to come from, right? That this hope mm-hmm. um, is not going to come thundering down, yeah. right, from the mountain, right, in the same way that God's judgment came down at the start of the book. But the hope is actually going to come from this unsuspecting place, the smallest mm-hmm. of the cities, Bethlehem. Yeah. And there's yeah. going to be this king that comes from out of there mm. and he's going to rule in direct contrast to the mm. um to the leaders that they had before right and mm. and so this is the yeah good news of that hope that a ruler is going to come on the scene and he's not going to rule like the mother clown right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and his ruling is actually going to have an effect on the people that he rules. Mm. It's going to change them. And what I love is that uh, Matthew chapter two, yep. they are going to lift this out of here and use it and say, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Mm. This was the dude that we were mm. waiting for in Micah chapter two. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Um, you know, one of the things he says here is that it's from this small city of Bethlehem. Yeah. And when you remember the book of Joshua, when they did the allotment of the land, yeah. Bethlehem was not mentioned. Mm. You know why? Because it was so small and insignificant mm. that it would be like, yo, I'm going to like give you Venetian Hills, right? <laughs> right. It's so small. Nobody even knows <laughs> yeah. about it. Right. And so one of the things that we see is that God is going to fulfill his promise and provide for his people, but in the most unlikely, unassuming way right right? and that's just a pastoral word to us like yo god is going to take care of us but we'll never imagine the way he would do it because he doesn't think like us that's what bro he doesn't he doesn't the problems are so overwhelming too that's the thing right the Mm -hmm. problems are so overwhelming yeah that you when you hope for God to intervene in such in uh, or in such an overwhelming predicament, you want him to mm. part red seas yeah. to <laughs> rain bread down from the sky and God saying, yo, listen, this 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 problem is so overwhelming. Mm. But often the way that God solves the most overwhelming problem is through solutions that seem underwhelming at the beginning, but that small seed of apparent insignificance grows into this, right, large oak tree of glory. Mm, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. One of the things that um, uh, you said years ago, bro, and it like, I kind of like made it one of my life mottos, bro, is, you know, insight is the best pathway into, I mean, hindsight is the best pathway into insight. and so it's like we work on our insight a lot, but right. not our hindsight. Right. And you know, I think that works so well in reading the Bible. Yeah. Redemptive historically, you think about you know the people of God. They would they wouldn't think about a man named Jesus right. of Nazareth, but when he came, it's yeah. like oh, hindsight tells us. Right. That's what God was doing all this yeah. time, and it's the same way with us in life, bro. Like mm. 
man, we go through things, but when we look back at what God has done, uh, we see the ways he's been, yeah, good to us. And in six, my man comes back. <laughs> he's like, oh, like, yeah, I'm still not done talking about what y'all <laughs> yeah, did. Judge, yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah, still gonna get it. Yeah, so it's this covenant lawsuit. Basically, covenant lawsuit is just where God is going to rehearse the actual covenant he made with his people and then say, all right, this is how y'all broke it, right? right? And so he does that here, says, yo, like, man, I brought y'all out of Egypt. I yeah, did. God's like, yo, how have I been a burden to you? Yo, like, all I've done is blessed y'all. I looked out. Right. I even gave y'all good leaders, bro. <laughs> right. Moses, Aaron, like, these was good cat. Like, yeah, right. there was nobody else better <laughs> right. for me to get. So, what did you, there's no excuse. Right. And so, this judicial language is going to declare the people of God guilty. And he's going to call the mountains and all of creation as mm. witnesses mm. in the same way you would do in a courtroom, have witnesses. And so, God is going to say here, like, yo, this is what y'all did. Boom. And I just wanted you to be just, right? Like, I just wanted you to be faithful and right. just. Micah 6, 8. Yeah. Like, he has told each of you what is good and what is the Lord. You know what the Lord requires of you. Act justly, love faithfulness, and walk humbly with your God. Bro, right before there, right? Yeah. After it talks about uh, God's like, yo, man, I've been good to y'all. I've looked out. Then it goes into... Well, what good should we give to the Lord? Mm. Sacrifices, yeah. things like yeah, this. God's like, no, no, no. Look, no. the good yeah, that I want you to give me is being good to your neighbor, mm. right? I was good to you. Yeah, and what good. I want you is you to be good to other. That's that's the goodness that I want. Those are the things that please me, right? That it's not like it's not all about this are piety, religious acts of worship. It is, right, call it what you want to, call it social justice, call it mm -hmm. social morality, call yeah. it loving your neighbor, but mm -hmm. all of those things are the things that, yeah. Yep, absolutely, man. That's, that's it's so big and yeah, we could go on and on about that and the New Testament is gonna even fill it out even more. But yeah, God just wanted them to like, just love the neighbor, love right. him uh, with all their hearts. And so, you know, he's going to talk about the ways in which the the wealthy and the powerful have cheated right. the poor through unjust scales and mm. weight, charging them prices. Right. It's just out of whack. You know he can't afford that. You, you're putting him in debt by even talking to him about <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm saying. Right? And so um, God is just upset about that. And he's like, one of the things he says, though, he's like, yo, I'm going to see to it that you guys will not be satisfied. Right? Mm. And so you look at... Uh, Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, I believe, where God gives these covenant curses. And he says, you're going to try to plunder the poor, but guess what? You will be left empty. Yeah. And that is such a grace from God oh. and a little bit of justice on this side to where the people who oppress, who have full stomachs and full pockets based off of someone else's property are actually empty on the inside. That that's what, yeah, bro. And he just goes through and lists like, yo, y'all are going to eat, but you're not going to be satisfied. Don't be satisfied. You're going to save, but your saving's not going to bring you the security that you hope for. Mm. You're going to sow, but That's you're so not going to reap. And it is that thing, bro. You go to Ecclesiastes 5 and mm -hmm. he talks about wealth and he's like, wait, wait, wait. Wealth doesn't make you whole. God has to grant you the ability to enjoy it. Mm, and there good. is an aspect where there are people mm. who have everything, literally everything, mm. except for contentment. Oh, that's good. And, and what God's saying is like, 
No, listen. Mm. I did that. Yeah. 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 And he's like, man, you going to sow. Right. But you ain't going to reap. You ain't going to reap. And it's like, yo, like you said, like, yeah, economically, that was the way that they, you know, um, got their money. Right. And God is like, like my boy Kellen will say, God gonna cut the water off. <laughs> he gonna cut the God water gonna cut off. the water off, man. Like he ain't he ain't playing. Um, and so in seven, bro, you just see this deep, deep, uh, just kind of language that Mike is gonna use of this spiritual and moral decline of God's people to the point where he's like, all the faithful people gone, bro. Right. Like ain't nobody faithful in the land anymore. Um, everybody want to shed blood. Everybody want each other's heads. Violence, evil bribes. Plots, it's just a time of crisis. Mm. And, you know, he'll flip-flop with that and say, you know, but who is a God like you, right? Towards the end, right? Forgiving iniquity, passing over rebellion for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not hold on to his anger forever. Exodus, uh, that's the Exodus language. He will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show loyalty to Jacob, faithful love to Abraham as you swore to our ancestors from days long ago. You know, Micah, in the midst of terrible, terrible era in history, right. still has hope in the person of God, the God of Israel. And it reminds me of a Dr. Martin Luther King quote where he says, uh, we must accept finite disappointment, mm. but never lose infinite hope. Infinite hope. Mm. Yeah. Let's pray. Father. Yeah. Uh, we're reminded of your personhood, your character, God. Mm. You are the forgiving type, and that's why we can appeal to you for forgiveness, God. We are reminded of your promises, the fact that you've never broken one and you don't intend to start, Father, so we can have future hope because of the past way that you kept your word, Father. Help us to accept finite disappointment, but never lose our infinite hope in you, our perfect God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.